This buxom, bleached blonde bombshell was so much more than simply a sex symbol. Her beaming brilliance shone so bright, both on the silver screen and beyond. Sadly, her sudden death, officially deemed as a suicide, shocked the world. We'll examine the life and death of Marilyn Monroe, one of the most iconic leading ladies ever, on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI, the topic-based show where we learn about a wide range of different topics on each show. And I have to tell you something. I didn't know very much about today's topic, the iconic Marilyn Monroe, but this was an excuse air quotes in parentheses, an excuse to learn about this iconic beauty and star who continues to live on in our imagination, in our memory, and even in memorabilia. Let's take a look at our intro before we get into the life and, sadly, the death of Marilyn Monroe. And be careful, did I say Marilyn Monroe? Or did I say Marilyn Monroe? Well, there's your first pronunciation lesson of today. In English, we say Marilyn Monroe. I started out by saying this buxom. And buxom, I looked it up. It's very funny. In Spanish, you say jamona. Buxom is a word that would be used to describe a big-breasted woman, as Marilyn Monroe was. So I said this buxom bleached blonde. You say debote. Well, yeah, she wasn't naturally blonde. She dyed her hair. And that's an easy one. What do you dye your hair with? Hair dye. I love it when it's that simple in English. And then I said bombshell. After the word blonde, rubia, I said bombshell. And I know what you're thinking. ¿Qué? ¿Cáscara de, de una bomba? Well, a bombshell is like bombón, uh, una chica explosiva, que es tan guapa que es explosiva, a bombshell. But she was so much more than simply a sex symbol, as I said. And we're going to find out about that. She was an avid reader and, well, she always wanted to evolve and work on herself. Then I said her beaming brilliance. And beaming is a great word because when we say I'm beaming, it means I'm really happy. You would say rebosante de alegría. So she was beaming. She had this radiance about her, this brilliance. And she she shone so bright. And shone, it's an irregular verb. It comes from the verb to shine. But let me tell you something. You can also say shined. It's one of these verbs that's both regular and irregular. Go figure. And then I said both, ambos, no, en ambos, both on the silver screen and beyond. And if you remember in our Hollywood episode, we talked about the silver screen. La pantalla, we call it. Then I said, 
said sadly, desafortunadamente, her sudden death, su muerte repentina, officially deemed as a suicide, and when something is deemed as something is considerado. It shocked the world. And then I finished up the intro saying, we'll examine the life and death of Marilyn Monroe, one of the most iconic leading ladies. That's right, a leading man is un actor principal. Well, a leading lady is actora principal. So where do we begin? Well, I say we start at the beginning. So let's rewind to the beginning of her life. It all started on June 1st, 1926, in Los Angeles, California. A girl named Norma Jean Mortensen was born. That's right. Her official name is Norma Jean Mortensen, her birth name. And one thing that we're going to discover in this episode is that Marilyn Monroe had difficulties, had adversity since basically the day she was born. But still, she became one of the most famous people to ever walk this planet, against all odds, contra todo pronóstico. And what do I mean by a troubled life or a lot of different problems? Well, she never knew her dad, for starters, para empezar. Her mom was mentally ill. Oh, and her grandma, too, as if that weren't enough. And Marilyn Monroe recalls her mother trying to attack her at a young age due to her mental illness. So talk about a tough start. And because of this, she lived in foster homes. I think you say uh, casas de acogida, foster homes, since she was two weeks old. She also lived with family members. But let's put it this way. She did not live in a steady home for more than three weeks when she was a kid. She did not have a father figure. And all of this, we know, you can talk to any psychiatrist out there. This will have a profound effect on an individual. And we'll see how it affected all of her relationships. As many of you know, she was divorced many times. One of the things I realized while I was preparing this episode was that everybody wanted to be around this woman. But she still felt so lonely and nothing could stop that feeling of loneliness, that isolation. I mean, think about it. She was abandoned by her father. Her mother had a few screws loose, to put it colloquially. So it's no wonder this would lead to trouble in her future relationships. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Another interesting fact I, I didn't know is that she was camera shy, especially Especially at first, uh, camera shy is timida delante de la cámara. So she, I think the best way to sum this up is the camera loved her, but she didn't love the camera. And I think that that's kind of the, the relationship she had with fame. Oh, and another thing, talking about adversity, she stuttered. So think about this. Somebody who stutters, tartamudea and is camera shy and has all these issues, these parental issues, became one of the most famous celebrities ever. 
There's the lesson. If there's no lesson to take from today's podcast, well, obviously you've got the English lessons. It's that we can do whatever we want against all odds. Okay, no one said it's going to be easy. And people noticed her beauty from a young age. In fact, in 1948, she was named Castroville's first artichoke queen wow what an honor well hey it was a beauty contest sponsored by a local artichoke company and she stood out ella destacó and it didn't stop there photographers saw her when she was working in a factory during the war and there was a photograph that was taken of her and everybody did a double take a double take is whoop whoop mirar dos veces como que and Many people, they said she was bound for stardom. Es que estaba en las estrellas, el estrellato. I don't know if that's redundant in Spanish, but she was bound for stardom. And it wasn't easy, despite her beauty, despite the fact that she was feisty, feisty como peleona, no? She didn't let people walk on her. And we're going to learn a lot about her personality today. She really did seem like an amazing yet troubled person. But she knew one thing. When she started getting popular uh, during her rise to fame, her stratospheric rise to fame, she realized that the name Norma Jean... It had to go. She needed a stage name. So she chose Monroe as her surname or her last name. Why? Because it was her mother's maiden name. Era el nombre de su madre antes de casarse. And in an autobiography of hers, which was ghost written, I think you say a, a ghost writer es un negro, she was told that she was somehow related to President James Monroe. Uh, she might even be in associated with the aristocracy. Yes, that's right. There, there's been no evidence found to support that claim. But either way, James Monroe, who cares about him? The famous Monroe is obviously Marilyn. And supposedly, the Marilyn part came from a studio executive who thought that she resembled, to resemble is to look like, an actress named Marilyn Miller, who surprisingly died at the age of 37. How old was Marilyn Monroe when she died? 36. Now, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy there, but we will see that there are many conspiracies around her cause of death. We're also going to find out about her affairs, asuntos, and some of those include other presidents. Also, misconceptions, fun facts, and so much more. That's all in the bonus part of today's show. And I just want to remind you guys, there's a whole nother episode waiting for you if you're a patron. For as little as three euros a month, you can get that bonus audio. Also, if you're in the higher levels, you can get vocabulary sheets with all the vocabulary in each episode. Plus, you can get classes with me weekly and monthly classes. If you want to get more information about our curious community, you can join us over on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And a big shout out to all my students on Patreon, especially my super duper students, Mara, Javier, Francisco, Roberto, David, 
José María, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. If you guys want to find out more about joining our curious community, stop by, haznos una visita. You can even talk to some of my patrons and uh, they can tell you. The proof is in the pudding. La prueba es ellos, en lo que se ve. They are not afraid of expressing themselves. They're learning about all different topics and in English. So if you want to join us or just get some more information, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So, and join our English adventure. Okay, now let's get back to the lecture at hand. A lo importante, Marilyn Monroe. Well, it wasn't till about 1953 when she was a household name. Not just a household name, but the most bankable or marketable Hollywood star at that time. She was playing a lot of leading roles, which kind of focused on her sex appeal, which, of course, uh, I mean, that's something that she wanted to show off. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with some of these movies. I don't know how they were translated, but I'm sure they ring a bell. Uh, gentlemen prefer blondes. Los caballeros prefieren a las rubias. Oh, and also, she was the cover of the first issue of Playboy. So this was a big period. I mean, she was literally on the covers of magazines. She was the leading lady in every movie. And I think guys wanted to be with her and girls wanted to be her because, yeah, she was this sultry woman, this sexy, sensual woman, but she was also uh, a symbol of strength. She was a strong woman above all. And again, we'll talk about that in the bonus part, how she's not some dumb bimbo. Uh, that was the role she played. And I know what you're saying, bimbo, pero como el pan, sí, pero in English, the word bimbo is, and I hate this word, pero rubia tonta. But we'll find out how that's just a misconception. Another famous movie as well is The Seven Year Itch. This was probably one of the biggest box office successes of her career. Another one was Bus Stop, which she produced. That was another thing. She had a falling out with the Hollywood system. A falling out es un desacuerdo, una pelea. And she started her own production company. So there we could see that she was an entrepreneur. She was also defiant. She wasn't just going to do what people said that she needed to do. And then I think her biggest success, I mean, as far as awards is concerned, is when she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress for her work in Some Like It Hot, which was in 1959. And her last completed film was a drama called The Misfits, which came out in 1961. And misfits are people who don't fit in. Que no encajan. Now let's talk a little bit about her relationships. And why? Well, because they were all very public and they were with other public figures, except her first marriage. And her first marriage was an arranged marriage. Now, it wasn't because she was pregnant. We would call that a shotgun wedding. Uh, boda de, de penalti is what you say, possibly. A shotgun wedding. 
<laughs> Do I have to explain any further? <laughs> so she was 16 years old when she got married for the first time. And she got married to, remember, in English, we don't say married with, we say married to. She got married to a 20-year-old guy, so a guy who was four years her elder, a guy named James Doherty. And it happened to be that he was the next-door neighbor. El vecino. Now, why did she marry him? Because she was sick of going in and out of orphanages and foster homes. So if she married him, she could legally avoid going back to one of these homes that she was in and out of throughout all her childhood. Well, needless to say, that marriage didn't last too long. She was quite bored. Again, it was an arranged marriage. She didn't marry him out of love. Now, the next one was another famous person. But again, I think globally she was more famous. And I don't think he was cool with this. And this is why their relationship, well, there are stories that it was abusive, that it was physically abusive. And I'm talking about Joe DiMaggio. Now, for those of you who don't know who Joe DiMaggio is, he's a, a Yankee. Well, he was a, a New York Yankee famous baseball player. But that doesn't make uh, make it all right to abuse somebody. So they had a, a toxic relationship. And it seems like she never really broke away from him. In fact, when she died, he, he arranged her funeral and he paid for her funeral as well. As well as sending roses, uh, I believe it was roses, every two weeks to her grave site. So uh, it was one of those relationships where they kind of loved to hate each other. And uh, man, well, that didn't work out. And she finally got a divorce from him. But that that lasted 274 days. Uh, you guys know a year's 300. O sea, no estaban casados ni un año. And a lot of things contributed to their divorce, obviously the toxic relationship they had, but also the iconic subway scene. What? Yeah, the one with the skirt. When her skirt goes up, uh, you've seen this, it's the iconic picture. Well, he didn't like it. It's in the movie Seven Year Itch, if you haven't seen it. And he said that the scene was just uh, obscene. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. The scene was obscene. And he was very upset that she was exposing herself, not only in the movie, but because there was a big crowd. So it sounds like Joe DiMaggio was a bit of a control freak, um, a bit of a, an abusive guy, which it sucks because I always liked Joe DiMaggio. But when I found out this side of him, uh, Joe, come on. What have you done, Joe DiMaggio? Abuse is never acceptable. You guys know I have to sing in every episode. Well, if you want to see that famous grate, that famous subway grate where her skirt goes up in the movie Seven Year Itch, it's uh, located at the northwest corner of Lexington Avenue and 52nd Street. And you would hardly realize it. You, I remember before I knew, I probably walked by that corner many times and I didn't realize that was the corner. 
her third husband, and as we say in English, the third time's a charm. A la tercera va la vencida. Well, you couldn't get more opposite than these two. They say opposites attract, right? Well, she's a blonde bombshell, and he's this nerdy playwright. And I'm talking about Arthur Miller. If you're not familiar, Arthur Miller's a famous American playwright, guionista de teatro, who wrote The Crucible, which was about the Salem witch trials. And in an ironic twist of events or turn of events, Arthur Miller was investigated for communist activity. That's right. But since Marilyn loved him so much, she risked her career. And she spoke in favor of him at the hearings. I think a hearing you would say una audiencia. And thanks to her testifying, that kept him out of prison. But even Marilyn was suspected of being a communist. Isn't that crazy that in the end, the Salem witch trials were written by a guy who was eventually put on trial? Oh, man. If you don't know the story, it's the story of McCarthyism in the United States. It's when they started calling everyone a communist. Well, Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller were no different. Now, Marilyn Monroe never became a mom, and it wasn't because she didn't want to become a mom. She tried, but she had many miscarriages, multiple miscarriages, and a miscarriage is when the baby doesn't come out, when things don't work out. So she tried and tried, but she could never become a mother as she wanted. Now, I don't know, but I can imagine that this had something to do with it, or at least contributed to it. She had a lot of demons. As we said before, she came from adversity, but uh, her way of dealing with it, and the way many people deal with it, was boozing. Uh, boozing as bebiendo, popping pills, barbiturates to be exact. And so, you know, she was known to even show up sometimes on the set in Plateau completely and totally under the influence. So she was battling those demons, those demons known as addiction. Plus, she had mood disorders and she was even committed to a mental institution. So she did not have an easy life. No matter how much she smiled and how radiant she was, she was hiding all this pain deep down inside. And she chose to medicate instead of mediate. Uh, they always say you can medicate a problem or you can mediate a problem. And on August 4th, 1962, she died at 36. Remember, we don't say with 36, we say at 36. And her death was ruled as an overdose of barbiturates. And it took place in her home in Los Angeles. And they ruled it a probable suicide. Although, in the bonus part of today's show, we're going to look at a couple different theories because there are a lot of inconsistencies. Things have disappeared, evidence, all that stuff. So, something smells fishy. But we'll look at all those theories in the bonus part and you can be the judge. So, we're going to wrap up this first part of today's 
today's show just by saying that Marilyn Monroe lives on. Her femininity, her sensuality, her boldness uh, to be bold as audath continues to inspire people and to pique people's interests to this day. And something tells me that Marilyn Monroe is here to stay. I sure hope you'll join us in the bonus part of today's FYI.